correction to the prior recording. Um, the wiring of the pair of electromechanical wattar meters is not the way I described it because we want both meters to move forward to uh, properly or correctly read the usage, the energy usage. So if they're put back to back such that now they're the direction, the circumferential uh, clockwise versus counterclockwise direction of the energy, uh, the magnetic flux running around the toroidal cores of each of those two meters um, during each half cycle of an AC cycle, we want them to go backwards relative to each other so that when one is going one way, the other is going the other way. But in order to do that, when we put them back to back, to get that to happen and also to transfer the energy between them readily to get them to mag magnetically couple when the load is large enough, then what, what that means is we have to wire the meters the way we're supposed to. Namely, um, even though they're in parallel on two parallel you know, current division tracks or of wiring, yet one is reversed from the other because it's turned around. 180 degrees to be back to back to the other one. So they both have their connections input at the line and they both have their outputs connected at their respective load terminals that are labeled such line on the left, load on the right when you're facing the, the, the front of the meter. Um, but because they're turned back to back, now the line of one is behind the load of the other and vice versa. And so the wiring has to be correct the way it's conventionally done. The only thing that's not conventional is putting them back to back. That's the only thing that's out of out of norm. See, I assumed when William Line first told me this story, um, or I read about it, and then he confirmed it by email or, or something. Um, I assumed they were sitting alongside each other, side to side, so that both were facing the person reading the meter. And most people would assume that, right? You would assume they're both on the wall. You know, probably he put it on the wall, but that's not the case. I realize now, according to what I stated in the prior recording, the prior podcast, that they were on a post and or they were on the wall, regardless of where they were, they, their backs were facing each other so that <clears throat> one was inverted relative to the other by 180 degrees along a vertical axis. And they were back-to-back -back in order to magnetically couple them when the load in each branch was sufficiently large enough to do so. And <clears throat> whether or not he was trying to meter one half of the apartment versus the other or that he just wanted two of these meters because uh, he had 240 volts coming into the apartment and yet each meter uh, being 100 years old can only handle half that regardless. It doesn't matter because eventually when you follow the house wiring around to its limit, when, it, when you leave the mains for the apartment, the apartment mains, and you follow the wiring, the house wiring, eventually it closes in on itself to create a short through a load that you plug in at one of the outlets. So if you don't have anything plugged in, you won't have any short. 
But if you have at least one load, you'll have one short. If you have two loads, you'll have two shorts. And they're in parallel across the two wires, the white and the black, the hot and the neutral. Um, and that seals the deal. That creates the closed loop that we're looking for so that even if he had created two separate branches, it wouldn't matter. Eventually, they come together at the load, at one or more loads. And that means it doesn't matter how or why he did it. The fact is they're in parallel. Regardless of what the rest of the apartment is in, parallel or not, you know, does he enclose the, the parallel on both sides of the meters so that the whole apartment is simply being metered by both meters at the same time? Or does he have... Ha more, more likely, I think as, as I recall this story, he split the apartment into two separate sections and one meter doing one section and the other meter doing the other section, but it doesn't matter because somewhere along the line, each section has to come back and enclose itself. Now, if he did it separately, though, if he shorted, if he had two branches emanating from each of the two meters and each one shorted separately from the other, then he still has two branches, right? Okay. Um, but the direction of flow is still the same and the synchronicity is still the same because the power company is keeping everything in step. <clears throat> so, um, the magnetic flux going through the toroids that are now back-to-back -back in reverse relative to each other and are magnetically coupling to one degree or another depending on the size of the loads, they're still going to engage each other. So it doesn't matter how he did his wiring so long as the two meters are in parallel to each other on two separate branches and they're coupled back-to-back -back adjacent to each other so that they can magnetically couple. That's all that's required. So that when the loads on the two branches are large enough on each branch, regardless of their if, if regardless of the rest of the wiring scheme, the the so long as the load within going through each meter, let's put it that way, going through each meter is large enough, such that the two magnetic fluxes can engage each other. Now we'll start to get bucking, and that's when the thing hums and viol and vi violently vibrates. Because they can't decide yet who's going to lead and who's going to follow during each half cycle. It's like two dancers. And they begin to engage. At first, they're not engaged. They're just dancing around the dance floor. One is on one side of the dance hall. The other is on the other side of the dance hall. And they're doing their own thing. And it doesn't matter because they're not engaging each other. They're not holding hands. But once they start to engage their magnetic fields, those two toroids, in the case of the dancers, they start holding hands or holding body parts, whatever, <clears throat> of the other dancer, the partner. Now we start getting a bucking action. If they did not, <laughs> the dancers didn't coordinate what they're going to do in advance, or in the case of the meters, the, load is, the, the two loads, the two adjacent loads are not strong enough to more fully engage. So there's going to be slippage. And because of the slippage, the magnetic slippage, just like mechanical slippage between two uh, non-teeth gears, they're just planar, ge planar gears, I think they're called, planar, P-L-A-N-A-R, planar gears, in which you just have two surfaces 
beveled surfaces on the edges of the two wheels that come together through pressure engaging each other. Well, if you don't have enough pressure, they slip. <clears throat> and this is what the two magnetic fluxes will do initially if they're not strong enough. And that slippage allows them to each try to dominate the other and they're not doing a very good job because the magnetic coupling between the two of them is not strong enough to engage the other and so they uh, vibrate and hum violently. But once they get strong enough, one of them is going to decide to dominate the other during one half cycle and then relinquish its hold during the next half cycle and allow the other to dominate it. And when that happens... <clears throat> we've got ourselves a pair of motor generator, a motor generator pair during each half cycle and they switch roles during each subsequent half cycle. So that's the, the proper way to, to view the situation. Um, now that I've had to correct myself that um, the wiring is going to be cross-wiring because it's going to remain tradition uh, loyal to the labels on the meters. You know, where you put the line and where you put the load. Usually the line is on the left side when you're facing the meter and the load is on the right side. He's, he said that his didn't have any labels on them. And he assumed the left side was line and the right side was load. And that's the correct assumption. But that's not, uh, that's not pertinent. <clears throat> What's pertinent is that he hung them back to back adjacent, the two backs adjacent to each other. And he firmly, in, with a vice grip of, of solidity, he firmly attached them to whatever post or whatever wall they were hung on or uh, roof support uh, post, whatever it was that he hung them on in the vertical position. They had to be hung in such a way that they could not move. So all they w could do when they reached the tipping or the balance point is hum violently. But it was very important that they have that he have a vice grip of solid um you know not just hanging on a on a nail you know and and the thing rocks. <clears throat> now I don't know. Maybe that's all he did. See, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe that's all he did was hang it on a nail because that's all they're constructed to do anyway is to hang from a nail. And so, yeah, there's a lot of wiggle room for, for that to wiggle and jiggle. <laughs> and, <laughs> but he said the whole apartment shook. That means they were vibrating in all kinds of directions in a very random fashion, probably up and down, side to side, diagonals, any uh, forward, backward, every which way but loose, as the saying goes. <laughs> One of the title of uh, Clint Eastwood movie. Um, him and an orangutan. <laughs> um so it could be that they were not hung strongly, but um, that would cause them to flip around. That's right. They'd jump around like crazy, like uh, um, like popcorn popping. That's right. But once they decide who's going to dominate and who's going to, then they would probably cl magnetically clamp each of themselves to the other. Because they would choose who would be the leader and who would be the follower during each half cycle. And so they'd have opposite polarities of magnetic orientation during each half cycle. And that would cause them to attract each other 
and they'd clamp together. And then you wouldn't get any violent, uh, any violent humming or shaking anymore. Um, you wouldn't get any of that. It would just make as much noise as it did before it started to violently shake and hum and, 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 and dance around. <clears throat> so it makes sense. It, it, uh, the, probably all he did was hang it on a nail. Each, uh, well, the two of them combined on probably a shared nail is probably what he did. A shared um, hanging. Um, right, but they had to be positioned back to back so that they'd be in a in a, in a position of readiness such that when their magnetic fields started to build up enough in strength, they could start to begin to engage and then fully engage. Go through the transition of engagement and then um, be fully engaged. So that it sounds like it's not really that complicated. Uh, I would imagine <clears throat> that Perform, their performance would be improved upon if more iron was added to the situation. Now, it already has an iron backing. Um, a lot of these meters are painted with a silvery paint to make it look like aluminum, but they're, they're actually mag, uh, magnetizable iron. And so if, if you could put a block of iron, no, a sheet of iron, because it has to have lots of surface area, as well as lots of mass. So it's mass is not the only issue. And then if if that sheet should curl around on itself to create a circular loop, even better, because now you'd have an even higher inductance instead of just eddy currents going around in, in a two-dimensional plane of that sheeting, um, of that iron sheet. Uh, now you have them going around in a huge loop. You'd have an elevated inductance but you'd also have more, uh, at least initially, you could have an elevated surface area if you just had an iron sheet and you hung it on either side of that sheet and the sheet was uh, vertically positioned as a kind of a wall or partition, partitionary wall between, let's say, two sides of the apartment that were divided into two sides. Then that extra iron surface area or and or, curvature, or additional curvature um, would have the two types of areas that is the modification of his quote of Tesla. For every 200 pounds of iron, doesn't tell us what shape that iron should be in and why. And <clears throat> it's really area that's significant here. And mass is just a consequence. When you have increased area, you're going to have more mass. So, you know, Tesla was very clever in how he worded himself. He wasn't lying. He left out information, but he was also um, giving us the least, imp least important piece of information, the effect, not the cause, of the design implementation. The implementation of the design of, of that iron had nothing to do with mass. That was just a side effect. It was the area, the surface area, and the inductive area enclosed by the curvature of that iron looping back on itself to create in self-inductance, those two types of areas will have a consequence of additional mass, and that's really all the mass is alluding to. But Tesla, being clever, worded it very carefully so that we would never suspect 
what is actually going on, and it wouldn't make any sense to somebody formally trained in electrical engineering, as I've already quarried uh, them on uh, on uh, Quora. Um, so it's this insight that I I don't want to I don't want to say who he is <laughs> because it's all my intuition, right? Maybe I'm wrong, you know, but uh, I I can't take credit for this uh, inspiration. It came from somebody else. Um, but I already covered that in my other recording. So, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and I'm not going to cover all of it in this one either. Um, yeah, I got help from someone. Someone who whom Tesla is depending on. It wasn't Tesla. <laughs> Oops, I already gave it away. <laughs> yeah, Tesla is depending on this fellow to come through for him. To help me out, even though I'm not making it easy. But whatever. Being alone, such as I am, <laughs> living in my car, <laughs> um, but doesn't mean I can't come up with inventions. And I'm boy, I'm coming up with them one after another. So um, this is another one, and I think it's cool. <laughs> I really think it's cool. I'm not going to cover the other ones because I want to stay focused on this. You know, one recording per invention. Um, anywho, enough said.